Something to look forward to. Okay, a lot of times in life we just need something to look forward to. Uh, not long ago, my, my daughter was saying that uh, she just needs something to look forward to. It was a vacation, and um, she was all excited about planning about that. And Sometimes it's maybe a vacation. Maybe it's uh, um, buying a new car, or maybe it's a new grandchild, or whatever it is. Uh, not wearing a mask, I don't know. Plan ahead for something good, you know? I have to confess that every Saturday night, Friday, every Friday night and Saturday night, I have ice cream. A little bit of ice cream with a few cherries and a little chocolate and peanuts and chocolate. You know. It gets about that high. Anyway, I look forward to that. I honestly do. Friday comes around, it's like, oh, I get ice cream tonight. Do you ever look forward to heaven? You know, things are tough here on earth sometimes. And every once in a while, my mind wanders. It's, what is heaven going to be like? You know, in order for us to get to a place where we're looking forward to something this morning, we've got to talk about something rather morbid. I'm sorry. It's all about death this morning. We're going to talk about death. Two weeks ago was Easter. And when you think about it, in order for us to look forward to Easter morning, we have to go through Friday. Jesus died on the cross for us on Friday. Like the old preacher used to say, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I don't know if you remember that or not. Um, just hang in there. We're going to get through this part, but the good part is coming, okay? For the past eight years or so, I have been keeping track of people who have died, passed away, by looking in the Thief River Times. And I'll look at the obits. Um, I know I'm an old geezer, but that's what I do. I look at the obituaries. And I'll sit down at the computer, and I'll put all of the numbers into a spreadsheet, and then it automatically gives me the average of the death, a, you know, a, a average of people who have died in our area. So any guesses this morning, Bob, you can't answer because he knows, and maybe some others, but any guesses, just raise your hand real quick if you think you've got, what is the average age of people who have died in our area of northwest Minnesota? Anybody? Okay, go ahead. 70. Hey, not a bad guess. Great. What was that? 85. Good. It, one more. 70, 85. One more guess. 73. Okay, good. The average for our area is 77. So that's, that's good. You guys were right in there. That's really close to Psalms 90, verse 10, that says, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by strength, 80 years. That falls right in there, doesn't it? I know it's kind of rather weird, kind of morbid, but I do that. I find it really interesting how many people land in those 50 to 60-year-old ages. It's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, there's 80s and 90s and maybe even 100 every once in a while, but there's a lot of those 50s and 60-year-olds. Both my mom and my mother-in-law passed away about 20 years ago, but they were about 65 years old. And that reality starts to set in because I'm pretty close to that age now. 
I've heard people say it, and you've probably heard it too, where life goes so fast, and it seems to go faster the older I get. You ever hear that? Yeah, it's true. It's like a, a steamroller. It just rolls right over us. I'm sorry, it's kind of a morbid thing to start out a message with, but hang in there. People try to deny it. They try to ignore it, avoid it as best they can, but death affects us all. Since we were young, we've been affected by death. I think it's safe to say that everybody in this congregation this morning sitting here has been affected by death in some at some point, whether it was a grandma or grandpa, a mom or dad, you know, a relative, we've all, all lost somebody to death. Death affects us all. So in order for us to get to a place where we're looking forward to something, we've got to work through that. I believe the story of Lazarus is going to help to give us really good understanding of how to deal with death. And I'm sure you're most familiar... Most of you are familiar with the story. So if you got your Bibles this morning, let's turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Before we get to the text this morning, I'm going to give you a quick summary to update you and, and bring you up to speed with the story of Lazarus. The, the story takes place closer to the end of Jesus' ministry here on earth. He's done many miracles up to this point, but none quite so spectacular as the raising of Lazarus. And Jesus makes sure that this miracle gets lots lots of exposure. Even though Jesus had many supporters and people couldn't get enough of him, they would follow him around all over the the countryside and uh, there were a lot of supporters and yet there were a lot of people who were On the other side, they even picked up stones to kill him. But it's really neat to see how Jesus just walks right through the crowd. It was a miraculous thing. And he walks away from those that wanted to stone him. At the time of the death of Lazarus, Jesus and his disciples were ministering in towns uh, away from Jerusalem because that's where the people were hostile. They were out to get him, so they kind of stayed away from Jerusalem. Lazarus is a close friend of Jesus. He becomes deathly ill um, in his home of Bethany, which is real close to Jerusalem. You are mostly from. You are most likely familiar with the the family of Lazarus because Martha is the one who was uh, preparing the meal for Jesus. And Mary's sitting at his feet, and Martha comes and says, hey, you know, get Mary's got to come and help me with this meal. Martha probably would have been, uh, if she were, you know, alive now, she would have probably had a cooking show or something like that. Um, she really liked to cook. And then Mary, of course, was the one who poured out the perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped it up with, with her hair. Jesus receives word about Lazarus' condition, but he stays right where he's at for a couple days. The delay is on purpose, there's no doubt. And it's Jesus has a plan to show his power over death. Then Jesus says, let's go back to Jerusalem. 
And the disciples kind of go, whoa, wait, we should go back there. That's where all the nasty people are. And they start to panic. And Jesus says to him, Lazarus has died. So let's pick up the story in John chapter 11, verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Evidently, no doubt, the family of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were well-liked by the people of the community because it sounds like a lot of people showed up to pay respects. Um, So... I think that just as Jesus liked this family, so did the community. Verse 20, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Notice the the faith of Martha. If you would have been here, you could have healed my brother. She's no doubt up to this point seen Jesus do many, many miracles. She's seen Jesus heal the sick and the lame and and made the blind to see. Then she gives this huge hint. She says, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She knows full well that Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days, and she knows this is stretching it. This is a miracle that's far beyond what Jesus has done to this point. To raise Lazarus from being in the tomb for four days, that's going to be huge. She's hinting, but even now, I think you can raise my brother. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. Jesus says to Martha, and I'm putting this in my own words here, if you believe in me when you die, I will resurrect your dead body and give you life forever. Doesn't this blow you away? It should. Does this give you something to look forward to? If you believe in Jesus when you die, he will resurrect your dead body and give you life forever forever. Jesus is basically saying it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. We are all going to die. I'm sorry, but we will. Our Friday is coming, and just as Jesus knew that his Friday was coming, that Friday will bring death, Just as there, but there was that Sunday morning for Jesus. There will be a Sunday morning for us. I have to stop right here and ask a huge question before we go any further. What day of the week is it for you right now? 
in your life. Knowing that Friday is the day of your death, then how close are you to that? Friends, we don't know the hour or the day that's going to happen. As I mentioned earlier, we've all seen it. We've all dealt with death. We've all lost loved ones, and some of those have gone quickly. We don't know when God is going to call us home. It might be 77 years. Bob is glad he's gone beyond 77 years. He's almost 80 now. He's above the average. But then God might call us home today. I don't want to be a downer today, but I want you to be ready. So right now, if you haven't made sure that you are a child of God, if you've never asked Jesus to be the Savior of your life and you've never made that decision, confess that you need him. Confess that you are a sinner and that you want him to be the Lord and master of your life. Do it today before it's too late because you never know. All right. Let's go back to our story of Lazarus, and we're going to pick it up on verse 32. Verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have died. Mary's got the same faith that her sister Mary, as her sister Mary. Both sisters believe that if Jesus would have been present, Lazarus could have been raised from the dead, and Jesus would have been able to heal him. Verse 33, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? The answer is yes. Jesus could have saved Lazarus and kept him from dying. But however, Jesus chose to let Lazarus die so that this miracle could happen and be seen by all those bystanders. And what's really cool is that this story could be retold Today, right now, Jesus had an agenda. And that agenda was to show his power over death and show that he is the resurrection. He is the resurrection and the life everlasting. Verse 38 says, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. 
Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot in, with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Have we got something to look forward to? We really, truly do. Loose him and let him go. I'm sorry, but unless Jesus comes back and we're, you know, we go up and meet him in the air, we're going to end up the same condition as Lazarus, wrapped up and dead. I'm sorry. Fast forward a few weeks later, after Lazarus has died, Jesus is crucified and buried. And then he rises again. Can you imagine how Mary and Martha and Lazarus felt at that point when they found out Jesus uh, was rose from the dead? They probably looked at each other and said, I knew it. I knew he would do it. He said he would. Jesus had just said, I am the resurrection and the life. Can you imagine that joy that was in their hearts? They had something to look forward to. Friends, death is not the end. Death is a split-second transition into our, our eternal realm. Death should not scare you or cause you to lose hope. No, that should give you hope. Just because, just like Lazarus was raised from the dead, so will we. To confirm this fact, let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 13, or verses 13 through 18. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. We've got something to look forward to. Are you encouraged by this this morning? Are you comforted by these words? You should be. Life moves so fast. And yes, Friday, it's going to come. But Sunday, it's going to come immediately after. I don't think there's going to be any time for a Saturday. There's no, gonna, no cartoon time. It's going to go right into Sunday. Revelation 21, verses 2 through 4 says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with them, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There there shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. So what's Sunday going to be like? What's our resurrection going to be like? Let's think outside of the box for just a second here. I love word pictures, uh, so please don't get offended. I'm just thinking here, this, you know, making you uh, get something in your mind. Let's say that you're going to go on a cruise. I will never go on a cruise because that involves getting on the water. My wife gets sick just watching a video on TV of somebody on a ship, and she throws up. So I'll never go on a cruise. But anyway, you're going on a cruise, and you're getting prepared to board the the ship, and you're standing on the dock. When you hear someone get on the intercom, and they make an announcement, something like this. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. Your ship's captain would like me to make a very important announcement regarding our schedule for this coming Sunday. Please gather on the main deck this Sunday as there will be no more death, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. And by the way, as you're on the main deck, please notice that our ship's captain has himself installed gold flooring and not just any type of gold, transparent gold. And also notice that the ship is made out of rubies, emeralds, and every other precious stone you can imagine. If you need to exit to any other part of the ship, just look for any of the 12 main gates. You'll recognize them because they are made out of one single pearl. I'm not sure why you would want to exit this beautiful cruise because everything you'll ever need will be supplied on this all expense-free cruise. On the main deck, there will be a beautiful river of crystal. And notice that this river is flowing directly from our captain. Hungry and you're looking for a snack? Located on the main deck is a special tree that has amazing fruit. And you can even snack on the leaves, which have healing properties. You're welcome to mingle with any of the other voyagers on the ship because it's likely you'll find somebody you haven't met for a while, you haven't seen. No need for life preservers and definitely no need for any face masks because let me remind you, there will be no more death. No one will ever get hurt on this cruise, and definitely no viruses. Social distancing, is it discouraged? Ships' activities will take place all day long, and no need to worry about the evening hours because the the light coming from our ship's captain will be there all day long. Lastly, our ship's captain wants me to stress to everyone that he has promised to be eternally present with us during this cruise, 
and has invited you to join him for a most spectacular banquet and feast. Please pay close attention for this invitation is for family members of the captain only. However, please understand that our captain is willing to adopt anyone into this family, and he wants everyone to attend. All aboard! So what do you think? Do we have something to look forward to? We certainly do. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the hope that you give to us. Thank you for your word that, that explains that someday we will be able to be with you. And you, have, you are creating a wonderful, wonderful heaven for us right now. Father, I pray for anyone who's out there, whether in, in this room or out there in, in the world, I pray that you will help them understand their need for your son, Jesus. I pray that they, right now, before their life goes any further, that they, they submit their lives to you, Father. Speak to them. Lord God, I ask that you give us your Holy Spirit to guide us in life. And I pray that you'll help us to understand and, and spread this good news to others this morning. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please stand and join us for a closing song. Have you got something to look forward to? I hope so. Have a good day.